All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again, as always, in the blockhouse with Kelly. How's it going, Kelly? It's going really tired. How really are tired. you? <laughs> great, great. April is a crazy month. Yeah, so far. Jeez. Yes. So we are still in the thick of it. Uh, it's almost over, but lots of stuff have happened. We've we've went and gone and seen a bunch of shows. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones is back, as you know from our other life as Game of Thrones podcasters. Um, yeah, it's been wild. It's been too much, and we really wore ourselves thin the last April that this happened or whatever Game of Thrones was on. I guess it was July or whatever. I think so. God, those seven weeks were were hell. So we're going to try not to burn ourselves out. The whole point of this season is like taking it easy a little bit. But we are still here. Mm -hmm. And why are we here, Kelly? I don't know. This is a Bob Dylan podcast. Every single week we listen to a random Bob Dylan song from a huge list that we have at our website, sotwpod.com. And we randomly pick it and listen to it for the entire week and we let it inform our decisions we let it vote for us we let it collect our paychecks wow that's what i do have you not been doing that no oh yeah no i've been i've been hungry for a while now i've been listening to bob dylan for most of my life kelly's heard roughly the same number of songs as the highest uhf channel on older televisions that were made before the late 1970s what number are we on like 84 we're on 83 ah so close and this week we listened to the great Open the door, Homer, off of the basement tapes, 1975, recorded in 1967. That is a certain thing that I learned from Jim, that he'd always make sure I'd understand, and that is that there's a certain way we all must swim if we expect to live off of the fat of all right kelly that was open the door homer which you can find on the internet on spotify they've got um the first take version which is the version on the basement tapes that came out in 1975 but there's two other versions that we also listen to that are on the, the collector's edition of the the basement tape uh, volume 11 bootleg series that came out in 2014 i want to say 20 yeah 2014 before we get into the song itself which does have an interesting enough history what how did you feel about the song this is like our like fifth basement tape at this point we've done ye heaven heavy in a bottle of bread we've yeah. done um clothesline saga uh don't you try me now which is definitely a disappointment because that was a weird song to get mm-hmm. uh king of france jesus yeah. that early too yeah. that was really fun i think this is the first one we've listened to since doing band month though right Oh, since doing Band Month, for sure. Yeah, yeah it's so. our first band anything since Band Month. We might have like tangentially referenced one of them mm-hmm. uh, at some point. But yeah, we've been pretty quiet on band-related incidences since last October. Well, it was really fun to listen to this, having a tiny bit of insight yes. into the band and the people that were playing with them. It really did. I was like, oh, I can hear like Jawbone in this. And right. I can hear you know, the Garth. Can, international <laughs> treasure garth hudson oh yeah he's canadian international treasure, international hudson, treasure. My bad. yes uh so yeah it's it's a fun song it's a fun little jangly song everybody sounds like they're really far away because the reverb is super cranked up yeah uh, especially on that acoustic guitar and on bob's vocals but 
yeah, do a fun little jingle jangle song. Yeah, we've had no complaints about anything. Even King of France, where you can't even make out the lyrics. You wrote your own lyrics oh, yeah. for the song. Which I really enjoyed. Which was amazing. So go back and listen to episode eight. <laughs> That's right. A oh long God. time ago. Yeah. So before we get into the song itself, um, it's worth noting that inside of the collector's edition for the bootleg series volume 11, you will find a book uh, written by the liner notes, written by Sid Griffith, who wrote a book on the Basement Tapes called Million Dollar Bash, which is a song we have not gotten, but will be a, an individual entry. Uh, Bob Dylan, the band, and the Basement Tapes. So if you want a lot of history on that, you can do that. Uh, the Invisible Republic by Grau Marcus is another resource, and then obviously just any Bob Dylan biography will do. But he says in these liner notes for the 2014 um, collection quote, open the door, Homer, uh, open the door, Homer's musical roots stretch back to black vaudeville routines that date to at least the 1920s. No one can remember exactly who created the routine, but legendary vaudeville stars pig meat Markham attributes it to Bob Russell in 1946. R&B saxophonist, Jack McVeigh put the melody to dusty Fletcher's version of the routine and hit the top of the R&B charts with open the door, Richard. Many cover versions followed. Hmm. So on our playlist, we listened to the Jack McVee version. I also put on the Lewis Jordan version. They're all kind of the same. Some are just more ramped up than others. What did you think about those? We're not really going to talk about them the way we do with like Sackley. And I mean, last week we did House of the Rising Sun. Hmm. So we're going to leave those aside. But did you, was that interesting to you to hear the oh, yeah, chorus they were, they were and stuff? Like fun it was, to listen to, but like it's not the same song. No, not at all. So in his lyrics, he just wrote, open the door, Homer, as if that's what he said. So that's the official lyrics are open the door, Homer. Oh. But he sings clearly. There's no ambiguity. He never once says Homer. Yeah. So Richard. once again, SOTWpod.com, your only source for Bob Dylan. Okay, anyways, I'll just. Yeah, the Jack McVee uh, version is interesting in that, uh, you know, he took the vaudeville act. It was, I mean, probably an interesting time for, like, people recording stuff. You're almost thinking in the 1940s, like, what do what do we put down on acetate? Like right. the culture that exists as it is, you know? So it's so weird to be like, let me just pick and choose from my favorite stuff. And like, I'll be the person to do it because copyright laws are almost nothing. And like, <laughs> so what do we, what do we world? And, and the copyright is almost as interesting in this song oh, as any other song. Maybe I better knock a little louder. Open the door, Rich. I don't think Richard heard me yet. Not one more time if he was going to happen here. Open the door, Richard. The year 1947 alone saw Count Basie do a cover of this. Obviously, Jack McVeigh, like we talked about, Dusty Fletcher, The Three Flames, The Charioteers. And then Lewis Jordan, who was on our playlist, um, was one of the last ones. He's the king of the jukebox. And he recorded it in 1947. And that's, for some, the definitive version. And some people think Jack McVeigh's version. I mean, that's the one that definitely penned the the chorus that kind of goes throughout mm. all of them. Um, so I found that really interesting. And the copyright is is fascinating, too, because nobody knows who wrote it. And essentially, there was a person created, um, a Don Howell, who is not a real person. And, and people found out that it was basically just a fictional front to take money away from Jack McVie. Oh, that's so, nice. So it's still credited to them to this day. So uh, who knows who those people are? But again, copyright was so weird at the time that like you just hear a song and it's like, I can be the song. I can do that song. What a weird world. I mean, who who does stuff like that? 
So that brings us to Bob Dylan. And we talked a lot about copyrights with this man. Clearly didn't want to clear this song. So he was like, not going to do a cover of this song, nor is it even appropriate. That's like an old vaudeville thing that really relied on a lot of racial stereotypes. So probably best to leave that shit in the past. But what the fuck? There's no Homer. No, there's no Homer. Who the hell? Who the hell is Homer? I don't know. Because it's Richard. It's Richard. And in Bob Dylan's lyrics on his website, he says Homer. Open the door, Homer. Richard. Nary once does he say Homer. Homer. So who is Homer? I don't know. Clinton Halen thinks that it's the late. Clinton Highland thinks that it's the late Richard Farina. He was a folk singer uh, who sang with Joan Baez's sister, Mimi. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. So he died in a motorcycle crash in 1966. So Clinton Halen said, quote, and it could be, and it could well be that the song is an obtuse homage to an old friend, one who would not have been shy of including a character called Mouse in his novel. But perhaps Dylan was also thinking about a spill of his own, which he was lucky to have survived. His motorcycle. His crash. motorcycle crash, and then, and so apparently, for for Halen, he says that Homer was a nickname of Richard Farina. Which how, did, how does one get a Homer nickname? I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, online and also speculated by Grail Marcus is the idea that it's about Richard Manuel. When we talked a little bit about Richard and his alcoholism and some of the songs that were pointed references to his addictions that he would also be a part of and sing on. Well, apparently that shit that happened in the 70s with the band was already happening here in the basement. Because apparently this was like a playful uh, admonition, if you will, to Richard's drinking habits. Well, because um, that's what the original song was about. Like, right. It's just like a spoken word about a drunken ass friend who's like, come on, let me in. Yeah. Yeah. You're drunk and you're like, let me in. Mm-hmm. And the whole act is basically the tension is wondering what the fuck is Richard doing on the inside? Why isn't Richard letting this guy in? And he's like climbing a ladder and cops are showing up. And again, it's like. The racial stereotypes don't work anymore, but who hasn't been drunk trying to get into their fucking house before? Yeah. I mean, it's like a universal story as old as time. But the Homer part, the Homer, I mean, as you said when we first got this, you were like, Homer from? The Iliad and the Odyssey. The Iliad whatever. and the Odyssey. Yeah. All right. So like that, that is supposed to be the play here is like Richard is a genius, but he's not able to unlock. Open the door, Homer. Open the door, Richard. He didn't want to sing it because Richard was right there. Like, I mean, he didn't want to call it, you know, open the door. See, that's what I'm confused on because he sang open the door, Richard, Richard standing right there. Richard's playing on this song, but he calls it open the door Homer. And I, you know, I don't know. Hmm. So I think it's a playful nod to the genius of Richard Manuel that he never got to fully. And we know the end of that, unfortunately, is that he takes his own life in hmm. 1987. So that is kind of a dark turn to that song. Um, at the time, Bob Dylan was under contract with Columbia Still, and he either needed to produce one new album or 14 songs. And out of all of the Basement Tapes songs that there were, 
he ended up doing 14. It's still unclear what he was going to do with these songs. Like he copyright these songs. He ended his contract. He was done mm. and he was able to move on and get a new one and, you know, make more money. And he was obviously in kind of a predatory contract with Albert Grossman back then. So it's still unclear why he chose the songs. And this was one of them. And a lot of the ones that he did copyright of the 14 are ones that did show up on the 1975. I mean, they are definitely the standout Bob Dylan tracks, of the basement tapes but then the basement tapes in 1975 was a lot of band stuff a lot of those songs were re-recorded by the band it's not even really a basement tape thing because it's just the band playing a bunch of songs half the album is just the band playing their own songs like that's not the basement tapes so it's really interesting what he was doing with this song and this is definitely an unknown one nobody's really covered this this version i mean there's a few out there that people really like but i don't see why anybody wouldn't go to the original yeah. So of the three, what was your what was your favorite of the Bob Dylan ones? Of the Bob's, yeah. Well, I, I so the, there's like the take two, take two off the bootleg the one, fifty eight second one, which is clearly like the the premise of the actual the take three, the full. So it's only like a minute long of what will be the the third version. Right. It's much slower and sadder. Yeah. Um, I don't like it as much, but it is really funny that they, like Bob is laughing through some of the sustained vocal yeah. notes and you can really hear him trying to sing because they've stretched the song out. He's had to like really hold those notes and he's not one for doing that or he's doing not. it well, but he, he sings. He's okay. Trying. enough. is it Manuel that's backing, doing the backing it's, vocals on this? It's hard to tell. It sounds or it's like him or Danko, right? Those are the two. Well, Danko's got the, lo- the, he's got a little harsher of a voice. Yeah. So it could be Manuel and, and Helm. I don't even think it's there. No. I don't think it would be him, but you would tell, you'd be able to tell him if I were to guess, I would guess Manuel. Yeah. So it's really funny to see them like harmonize or hear them harmonize together. Yeah. And, uh, it's, I also couldn't find drums on either version. Cause I, for me, there's only two versions. Mm-hmm. There's this one. And then the one that's on the actual basement tape. Right. One. Um, yeah, I couldn't hear the, the drums if they were there at all. And on this tra- take three version, like you can't really hear the piano because on the the basement tape take one version if you will there's definitely a piano and there's obviously guys yeah, on yeah. the organ um i the mix is just different i don't know if all the pieces are there in both versions but uh, i would say i like the take one yeah version more yeah i think so too that. sid griffin in his in his notes for take two basically says you know it's it this is interesting the 58 second one is interesting because they had captured it perfectly on the first one so this is a a weird instance of hearing it perfected and them trying then after to like play it again and to do it differently mm-hmm. after they already knew that they perfected it. Cause it's almost like Dylan is laughing it off. Like they never once went back to this. There's not right. another go around. So like literally after they got this done, they, they came back quickly and were like, Hey, let's just slow the tempo down. And then, you know, sort of a, after a false start, if you will, for the 58 seconds, then they went back and tried it again. You know, it reminded me a lot of Clothesline Saga where it's a slow mm-hmm. verses and then trying to upbeat chorus. And um, yeah, so I really like Take Three. I think it's different enough. It makes it different. And yeah, Dylan's it totally changes voices. the vibe of the song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love this laughing. He does that sometimes on his early 1960s records. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've listened to him laugh uh, even in like a... Girl from the North North Country, Country, right? It's like these little tiny laughs. I don't know. It just really feels like you're capturing a moment. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah, drummerless song, yeah. Okay, yeah. I couldn't, because the way that, like I mentioned in the beginning, um, the reverb is so high and the mix is so strange that you can't hear a lot of the instruments. So they yeah. really, I couldn't tell if there was a, the faintest like snare beat hitting every time the, the acoustic guitar jangled in the back. Yeah. Uh, or if it was just the guitars. And yeah. yeah. There's yeah. definitely like a reverb the fuck out, acoustic guitar, an electric guitar that's all jingly jangle. Right. An organ and a piano. Sure. Uh, but I don't know. And a bass. The bass is great. And it really is ready it. and fat through the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, totally. Uh, no, and, and, and Griffin, to that point, says that throughout the basement tapes, that's Dylan, who's usually playing the 12-string guitar that provides the strong rhythmic focus oh, okay. for so many of those drum- drummerless songs. So well, that's, that's what our, it was. That's our I answer, right. the 12-string. trying so. to imitate that drum beat. Yeah, which is fascinating. Because, yeah, you, when I think about it, it really, it swings. Like, mm-hmm. And then you think, like, oh, yeah, there is no drums. But it definitely has a rhythm. It's mm-hmm. just like, and I guess that's that thing. Oh, just getting it, get it, get it. Said it, said it. So, Kelly, what's the song even about? Oh, Jesus, I have no idea. What is happening? So the first verse, I don't have the lyrics in front of me. Because um, it's like talking to a different character each verse, right? Yeah, first one's from Jim. Right. We get we get a couple morals. Yeah, I mean, the, so the first verse, I mean, if we're going to go through it, the moral from Jim is a man must swim if he expects to live off the, the fat, fat of the land. land. Right. Yeah. So they're just like a little loose connection proverbs, if that proverbs turns a phrase, yeah. know, little bits of wisdom. Yeah. When I was thinking about it, I was like, I mean, we're almost in John Wesley world, John Wesley Harding world, where I mean, all those songs we've listened to the whole album and it's all, there's a moral at the end. I mean, there's one song that's like, and this is the moral, this is the moral <laughs> of the song. I mean, the whole thing is just this moralizing exercise. Um, you know, I dreamed I saw St. Augustine, dear landlord. I mean, I pitied the poor immigrant. Like all these things are like trying to tell us how to live our lives and that's like the era bob dylan's going into so it's interesting that there's a little bit of moralizing here but like it's kind of silly it's still it's not like because john wesley harding is a lot of things but i don't think it's silly there's never anything that's really like weird about it some stuff goes into like dreamscapes but like nothing like this where like a lot of the stuff doesn't doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. and a friend named mouse like there's no mouse Oh, no, no. Like, the office, what? Oh, that would be amazing. No, no. And then Mouse after that, uh, his his moral is a little bit harder to yeah, ascertain. House, like, I think that he was just enjoyed the way that words were sounding together yes, a lot because so. he says, doesn't he say something like, like, take that to that, take that something? Like he repeats. Uh, well, yeah, it's a, it's a fellow who always blushes. And that is, and that is a fellow, a fellow who always blushes and that, is that everyone yeah. yeah and that is that everyone must always flush out his house if he don't expect to be going around housing flushes yeah what the fuck does that mean that's what i was saying is this so, a poker thing that's what i that's think what i mean think. after house of the rising sun it's like gambling everything's right, yeah. gambling and like again there's your moral right i mm-hmm. mean i i suppose and then the final verse we get mick showing up his moral is definitely easy to comprehend take care of your memories for you cannot relive them mm-hmm. Good shit. Yeah. So I thought when I listened to this the first couple times until seeing the lyrics that it the the verse was actually uh, Saint Nick and not said Mick. So I thought this was like like a macabre take on Santa Claus, Santa. which was way cooler for a moment. So it's like, like oh. don't forget your fucking memories. Yeah. Well, you can't relive this life, kid. And then even, you know, uh, remember while you're out there trying to heal the sick that you must always forgive them. Like, even though people don't believe anymore, you've still got to, you still got to take care of them, Santa. 
so that it was fun. April. It's too early for Santa. <laughs> That's great, though. I mean, I mean, that, and there's your Jesus illusions for all the Jesus heads out there. I mean, it's it, all this stuff is baked in, you know. I mean, I love Santa. I, I want Santa to be in everything. Really, it's that same Mick. <laughs> no, just Mick. So we got Mick Mouse and Jim. Sure, Mick Mouse and Jim. Also, the Office. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, all I've got is that it's a silly song. I mean, us trying to parse out like Clothesline Saga. You know, there are like every one of these so far have had these weird antecedents. Uh, yeah, because Clothesline Saga dealt with um, a, a, another song. Shit, man, I just listened to it. I forgot what it was. It, they deal with songs in popular culture where they're not explicitly taking the song, but they're alluding to it or they're making fun of it. And in this case, it's interesting because the chorus, open the door, Richard, but Homer, um, I've heard it said before, open the door, Homer. I've heard it said before, but I ain't going to hear it said no more. Now, if that's like Richard Farina, that's sad. That's a sad take on right. like, losing a friend. But if it's the song, it's almost about the, in my head, the fleeting memories of hearing the song. Cause like the chorus for open the door, Richard, open the door, Richard, open the door and let me in, open the door, Richard, Richard, why don't you open that door? Real simple, but like a nice ditty, something that you could hear Bob Dylan fucking covering on triplicate or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something that he heard back in the day. So like when Bob Dylan ever talks about nostalgia and stuff, I always like, there's always, it's always worth pausing and being like, oh, this is really cool. Cause even if you don't get the references, you can definitely hook on to I've heard it said before I've heard it sung before whatever like oh yeah you know that song takes me back that something takes me back and all of his stuff is just all nostalgia really I mean isn't life all nostalgia in a way like even if it's not tied up in um, Richard Manuel or Richard Farina you could still even just take it as yeah that that song I remember clearly my time in my life when I was listening to that record and like that moment's gone I'm not gonna hear that song anymore yeah true so like that's really deep, even just on the face of it. If, you, if you're not just, you know, thinking he's saying hi to his friend Richard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> or like, open the, open the door. I've got Chinese takeout. Like, yeah, it's like, <gasps> no, 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 <laughs> too soon. <Press. laughs> but yeah, no, I, it's, I think it's, it's really just that it's like, um, trying to have this like nugget of, of truth, like deep truth, uh, inside of kind of silly songs. And and they've perfected it before. So I mean, bringing it all back home to nineteen. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> I can't bring it all back home to twenty nineteen. I can. How do how do we how do you feel about this? I really this try song? to to think about that. Yeah. And I don't know. It's a silly song with a loose connective tissue that I think just sounds good. Yeah. So putting it, trying to put it in the context of today. How would I even, if a band that I like yeah, that right. sings or plays music closely that could fit the same vibe as right. this, Fleet made, Foxes came out, and yeah, did and made this song, does it work? I don't know. No, I think it would feel like a parody of this. Yeah, it wouldn't feel like because in a way, it's weird. Dylan gets a pass in that there the 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 lore than this the about them sitting down in a basement even though a lot of it is so untrue they recorded a lot of it in a kitchen they record they <laughs> uh, a lot of it was recorded not even at big pink they rented out another house when levon got there and they recorded over there but the lore is so deep that we feel like bob dylan and all of them just went down there and like recorded it with no outside influence or anything whereas anybody who does that today if we really sat down in a basement and just made something even if it was like 
writing stuff about what we had heard and done before, we would probably still be said that we're copying Dylan. Right. Whereas Dylan never got accused of copying anyone else, even though he kind of was and he was doing the tradition that had been happening forever. Mm -hmm. But it just had never been recorded like they're they're automatically going to get these passes because you can't follow the thread back that much further than where Bob Dylan sits in this moment. You know, you and and to do it then is even harder because you have to go physically find a copy of these things and make an argument to somebody who cares. Whereas today you just pop up Spotify and you're like, oh, you stole that song and I know you did. And it's simple. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like a different world. And I think Dylan will always get a pass for that. And, And that's why I think it kind of won't work because you'll always be accused of like the of trying to recreate the basement tapes. There's been so many bands over the years that every time somebody goes off to a house or to do something, it's always, always, but like Bob Dylan and the band going to big pink, mm. they're going to make their own big pink. Like we still have not divorced ourselves from that meaning that a band is going off the grid to go write a record. We are obsessed with big pink still, even if it was a lie and it was a lie. Or like Nine Inch Nails going to the Tate House to write the Diamond Spiral. Right, exactly. Even if he he probably wrote the whole thing beforehand and he did that just because it's cool and it's great lore for a record. Nine Inch Nails, I haven't really listened to much (laughs) by them. Anyways, I think that also works into the song, though. The nostalgia is always a lie. I mean, whatever you think, you know, your memory and the history as it really sits is often at odds with one another. So I don't know. I don't know what to think because I also have this feeling too that whenever Bob Dylan preaches about um, take care of your memories for you cannot relive them that's great right that's like you could stitch that onto a like grandma could put that up on a cross stitch you know it's nice and it's like nobody refutes that sort of thing but I feel like as I grow older I start to realize that like there is a reverb like the same reverb of this song like echoing throughout your own life everything that you do that you thought you would never feel again you would never have again you end up having you end up doing and i think you can look back on it as we've talked about on boots of spanish leather girl from the north country there's that feeling of sadness that if it's constantly there then you can start to appreciate the moments that you're in instead of just languishing and saying i'll never be in love again i'll never do this again i'll never do that again and to kind of feel like when you do something else differently meet someone else differently that it feels better it feels different it feels like oh i've taken from the past and i've I brought it over here. So like, it's interesting that I can think about Bob Dylan in 1967 in a basement saying, take care of your memories for you cannot relive them. And then I can contrast that with Bob Dylan in 2001, so far away from the basement tapes when he says, she said you can't repeat the past. I said you can't. What do you mean you can't? Of course you can't. You say you can't repeat the past. What do you mean you can't? Of course you can. One of my favorite lines in all of music. And like, what a refutation of his original statement. And I'm one to always play that clip because I love the way that he sings that. But I also think it's, as you grow older, I've come to agree more with that. Why can't you repeat the past? The past isn't even real. Or the past isn't even past yet. I don't know. It's an interesting song. And I'm getting all of that basically from I've heard it said before. So I think it's just kind of, it's a song that's timeless. Maybe it's not a great thing to cover, but I think Bob Dylan's version is is a timeless song. And I think a lot of these basement tapes are just, it's great. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a great song. Take care of all of your memories, said Nick. For you cannot relive them and remember. 
first forgive them. Kelly, did you know that we also have a website? <laughs> I do. SOT. Well, that's good. Jesus, it's been two years. <laughs> SOTWpod.com. We have the right lyrics for Open the Door, Homer. Where, where Homer does Where Homer hear. is crossed out, stricken through, and it says Richard, because that's what the lyrics really are. Very official. We are also on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Spotify. Um, you can search Sign on the Window, and you can follow us and subscribe. We're also on Patreon.com. Yeah. Slash. If you, if you enjoy hearing our voices and you want to get an extra episode. SOTW pod. Hell yeah. We got lots of stuff on there. We're going, we're doing a, uh, an obituary thing. We release our, um, uh, all of these episodes as they're recorded, uh, in time. And we're this year, we're a couple of uh, weeks behind real time. Um, so it's, uh, you're going to get episodes way earlier than you would have had last year. We also have, as always a great playlist. Yeah. And if you want to go and listen every single week as almost a dozen of you have out there, uh, you can search, see that my playlist is kept clean on Spotify. We're just going to update that with the new song. So if you are listening in real time right now, you can listen to open the door Homer playlist. All of our playlists are also cataloged in perpetuity. So you just, when you search the song on Spotify, you're going to find the playlist in there in the playlist section, if you're on the desktop or whatever. Uh, so go ahead and see that our playlist this week was awesome. I really, really enjoyed it. Welcome back to the playlist. The wonder years, Otis Redding, D'Angelo, always nine inch nails. These, Plucky youngsters, <laughs> Death Cab for Cutie, Cake, controversial, <laughs> CCR, George Harrison, and Radiohead. Radiohead vying with Sufjan Stevens for the most appearances on this oh, yeah? playlist. Yeah, at number they have nine appearances so nice. far. Sufjan has ten, although four of them for, are Christmas related. So mm, does that count? A little unfair. I think Radiohead wins. Welcome to the playlist, Louis Jordan, obviously. Um, Steve McVie. Not Steve. McVay? Jay McVeigh? Jack McVeigh. Mac Miller. He was on our RIP 2018 playlist, oh, but he's right. never been on actually. our playlist. Little People. Weaker Thans. Crazy. Mansions. Sex Positions. Yeah. Andrew Bear. Jimmy LaFave. RIP. Uh, Rena Jones. Can. Jamie Johnson. And Eddie Baker. It's a lot of new people. Yeah, it was an eclectic mix. We, uh, You know, the little people you went to go yeah, see yeah. little people. We'll get to that. April. In a moment, what was your, any standouts for you on our playlist? Yeah. Well, I do have to say that Rena Jones song, that whole album. So I heard that Rena Jones song on, uh, it's called Driftwood on what's Pandora. Oh. Like so, so long ago Whoa. when I was like first getting into ambient electronic music. And then I like lost my fucking mind. I was so obsessed with this. Like this sounds like Firefly, but then also like techno kind of, and I like, got totally obsessed and then I forgot her name and I forgot the song and I was wow. like there's no fucking there's no lyrics so you can't like you know google those few words you remember from the song and I was just like fuck I'm never gonna find that song again and I don't remember how it came back to me but it did and uh that would yeah. drive me absolutely crazy that's why I don't listen to this fucking music how do you <laughs> possibly find anything yeah I'm a very organized person so at least I would I would have never forgotten her yes I but really, really got was an yeah. obsession level with that song specifically. That album's okay, but like anyway. So yeah, we had a lot of electronic. We did. It was really, it was great. It was a little longer than normal, but uh, you know, open the door. We had a lot of 
closed doors and then opening doors. And um, yeah, I really, really like the playlist. So uh, follow our playlists uh, in real time and follow them in perpetuity. You can find every one of them on our website and our show notes. We're going to have a link there for that. Uh, and then if you want to follow us on Spotify, please do that. It's also really simple. So you can do everything Spotify all the time. Kelly, we're also real people in the world, not just listening to songs about doors and Homer and Hodor. What were we also doing in this world? 2019 late April. Uh, Santa Clarita diet season three came out a couple weeks ago. That show's so fucking funny and good. Like go watch it. Timothy Oliphant. Drew Barrymore. That's right. Never seen one second of it. It's so funny and good. But they are Very attractive clever. people. And it's fast watch. They're only half an hour episodes, and I think mm. there's only ten, maybe nice. ten. Nice. Uh, that's a that's a day. That's a half a day. That's so easy. It's so easy. Pup came out. Morbid yeah. stuff. I know you're gonna say that too. Yeah. Uh, Control Top may or may not be a band, but their uh. album did come out. Uh, it's called Covert Contracts. Uh. If you ever check out the album, be straight jackets. If you're curious, uh, but mostly I was just listening to Vintage Mode. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. We are um, currently in Game of Thrones world. Right. Now, we're recording this right before Game of Thrones came out. Before we started, we were thinking of all these fun things that could have happened, like Jon Snow is dead, Hodor came back. Who knows? <laughs> uh, open the door, Hodor. Open the Hodor, Open the Richard. Hodor. Yeah. Open the Hodor, Richard. But in the song writes itself. <laughs> oh, God. Why, do we even want to give this away? That's per. Open the... Ah, damn, that's a hard... Open the heart, oh, Richard. That's good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so we are getting ready for Game of Thrones, so you binge mode is... You're almost done with that. And if we're peeling back the curtain about when we're recording this, my birthday's next week, and we're going oh, on a little mini road trip. We are, we're going to see fucking Hop Along hop on the 9th, and then we're going to go see Anarda Go to Miss Pucci on the 10th and, uh, in Bellingham. And Little mini road, road Bellingham, trip. Washington, for all the people, international listeners. Yes. Washington. Washington. Just uh, under the border. We so might skip of, over into Canada. Any of our Bellingham heads. Oh, hey. Coming to that <laughs> sold out show. Antarctica. We will see you there. Yeah. Sold out fast. So we, uh, if you're going to that show too, find us. Mm-hmm. You'll know us by the tenor of our voice <laughs> as you listen to us. Yeah, I would I would recommend uh, Pup as well. Uh, morbid stuff. Uh, it's, it's so fucking good. It's so good. Um, free at last. Kids. Bare hands. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can't believe that they still haven't made a bad song. And it kind of, as I've said, infuriates the shit out of me. Uh, Jenny Lewis on the line. Oh, my God. That is like a growing grower album for me. Also, didn't even realize this, but um, Jim Keltner, who has played with Bob Dylan, played on this record with Jenny Lewis. Oh, shit. He played on like self-portrait way back in the 1970s. So it's, what the hell? It's wild. Free Throw, who I was one of my favorite airport bands last year, released a new record called What's Past is Prologue, which also fits in well with our theme here today. Can never repeat the past or you know, don't relive your memories. What's so an airport band? 
I was in the airport a lot last oh. year, and I listened to them. <laughs> so anyways, free throw. What's past this prologue? Uh, very good. It got me like a throw me in the river Smith Street vibe. Oh, nice. Where it's like the songs, the two bookends sort of like talk to one another. Like he takes up smoking, and then at the end he can breathe again. So I think he's finally... He's he's made his way through. They're very sad songs about lots of drinking. And Pup is the same. Yeah, lots of morbid stuff. I wonder if my parents know why I'm a recluse and I don't leave my house on most days. When my friends ask if I am alright, I lie straight to their faces and say I'm okay. see little people yeah who is a dj but a guy named marley carroll who's also a dj open for him and it was great and i bought his album and he's from nashville and that's cool so from nashville can Asheville, oh north carolina now i'm gonna go to Asheville really with my grandma nice Asheville's we're cool. driving down well i've already been there before but i'm driving down the blue ridge parkway cool. we're gonna go do all that and then i'm gonna that take her to new fun. york <gasps> She's 89 and she needs to see it before she dies. I need to see it before I die. I'm only 31 yeah. almost. Yes, you're, you're fine. We're definitely not going to be able to walk around in it. Yeah, it's kind of sad because she was like, Yeah, I wish I was a younger lady because then I could go walk around and see stuff. And I'm like, It's overrated walking around Listen, all the time. I think this is, I really leaned into cheesy tourist shit because it's the easiest, fastest way to get stuff done on it. Like, if you don't have any time and you don't want to walk around a whole bunch. Get one of those big fucking bus tours, the ones that are open. Like we did that in London, and we saw literally every site yeah. day one for twenty bucks, and it was like so worth it. Yeah, because you think you're going to do this, and, and you can. You can really have a structured itinerary where you get things done fast, but like you got to walk a lot, and you got to know the right fucking subway to catch, and you got to know sure. all this stuff. Those they're they're fucking nice. You feel like a dork, but like oh, I wouldn't mind feeling like a yeah. like a dork. So I think you should really do that. The problem with that. Is that when you are in London in another country, you got there by yourself on a plane, on a train, on something. I mean, here you'd have to be on a, on a plane. You have arrived and you've got to just do something. For me, I don't have to go into New York City. So I could just drive past it. Sure. Uh, getting down there would be... That's really what I don't want to do. And I don't think that they know what they want to do, which is like if she if I if she knew what she wanted to do, if she wanted to go to the Statue of Liberty, she wanted to go to a play, she wanted to like everybody, I think, thinks that they can do it all. But it's like you've got to just pick something. But like even with the bus, I don't I still do you just want to drive around Manhattan and look at tall buildings because you can see the tall buildings from Brooklyn. Yeah. But like Brooklyn's not sexy, but Brooklyn is definitely the place I would want to go to. Right. I don't want to be downtown in Manhattan. I don't want to be fucking like walking amongst all these assholes. Like <laughs> Bob Dylan would say, it's fine. All right, Kelly, we are going to take off, open the door, Homer. I also took off three other songs from our list. So you might notice that the numbers are different. If you think that for a second I would remember how many there are left, you are... So wrong. If someone out there is taking score, we must be infuriating. Which I'm because place all the time. if you are trying to keep score, we have just taken off three more songs. Will I tell you what the three are? No, I will not. <laughs> so you, you've got to do the math on your own. And you can't because once I delete this, there is no backup. So mm-hmm. it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. We are down to 424 songs. 
that's one more than we need to get to a hundred. So it doesn't even work out math wise. I could have done that better to be cool. One out of four twenty four. What's your guess? Three hundred ninety three. Three ninety three. Oh, okay. Three hundred and ninety three would have been a return to Blonde on Blonde, a song called "Obviously Five Believers." But the correct one is 293. Feels so close yet. Not at all. And we're still going to Blonde on Blonde. And this one will be an interesting one. We're going to be doing Just Like a Woman. Oh, I think I've heard this song. Yeah. So this is definitely one that you've heard Blonde on Blonde. On, um... Oh, it was on uh, the... Rolling Thunder? Rolling Thunder. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So this will be a good one to uh, dive into the lyrics and talk about some Bob and some women. I remember not liking it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty off-putting right off the bat. So we're going to see if there's m- different interpretations. Um, there's going to be lots of stuff. So this will be an interesting one. So we will be back to talk just like a woman next time. And we will see you for Game of Thrones. We will see you for Antarctica, for all the Bellingham people out there listening. Oh, Wouldn't that be crazy if somebody really did come? It'd be amazing. I'm going to be wearing an Against Me shirt that is a, uh, the skull holding its own head up. I will probably be wearing a Mount Nerdcore shirt. Okay. Uh, and uh, Kendra from a couple of episodes ago will be having red hair. Bright red hair. Bright red hair. And will be probably <laughs> dancing around mm-hmm. somehow. Easy to uh, find. E- easy to find. Mm-hmm. So we will see our Bellingham heads in Bellingham. The rest of you, sorry. Sorry a lot. You missed <laughs> out. And we'll see you for Just Like, Just like a Woman episode 84 next week. Bye. Bye. That's the gift feeling creeping in again. No matter what.